Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Every day, it seems like we're learning about a different group, a different private sector business that is making a ton of money over the migrant crisis, which New York and New York New York City and New York State taxpayers are spending a ton of money on. Yesterday, I told you about the healthcare company that was expected to profit hundreds of millions of dollars. Profit. (laughs) Overall, they got a 400 plus million dollar contract. They're expected to profit 300 million dollars and they're not doing that great of a job in providing healthcare for these migrants. They got that contract in a no-bid situation. Well, now we're learning about a Florida-based company that has been awarded an $18 million no-bid contract to provide emergency shower trailers for New York's asylum seekers, a development that follows weeks of complaints from immigrant rights activists and elected officials about the absence of showers at shelters housing migrants. This one-year contract for Imperial Restrooms, a company headquartered in Hudson, Florida, is for shower trailers at up to 10 sites across the five boroughs. The company did not respond to questions from the Gothamist about the contract. But the question I have to ask is, why are all these contracts not subject to competitive bidding? Maybe there is a good reason for this, but if we're going to be spending millions on showers for migrants, if we're going to be spending millions on health care for migrants, doesn't it make sense that we should at least try to shop around a little bit? I am once again very curious about who the beneficiaries of these no-bid contracts are and what relationships they may have with city government. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I have gotten an overwhelmingly positive response to the interview that I did yesterday with uh, Doug McIntyre and his wife, Penny Pizer. Doug, of course, was the host of Red Eye Radio in this time slot for many years, did a great job before they ruined that radio show. And I wanted to remind you that tonight, Doug and I are going to be together at the Barnes & Noble 
Bowl in Carl Place out on Long Island from 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. I am going to be hosting a Q&A to talk about Doug's novel, Frank's Shadow. He's going to be signing books. He's going to take pictures. I'll take pictures with anybody that wants to meet me. So again, that's tonight at 91 Old Country Road from 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. And Doug has agreed to actually, and so has Penny, they've both agreed to give out two signed copies of their books right now to you. So if you are the 7th and 8th callers right now to 800-848-WABC, that's 800-848-9222, you can have a signed copy of both Doug McIntyre's book and Penny Pizer's book. I'm hoping to meet a whole bunch of you tonight out in Long Island. If you did not get to hear that interview with Doug last night, and especially if you're a fan of Doug's from his radio work, but even if you're not, I think it's still enjoyable, you can go back and listen to the full interview at fmwabc.com. That's fmwabc.com or on any podcast app. Just search Frank Morano interviews and more. That is something you should probably subscribe to anyway because these commentaries, these local commentaries are only heard in that podcast. They're not heard in the full Other Side of Midnight podcast. So it's sort of your little bonus for subscribing to that podcast as well. Hopefully I'll see you tonight in Long Island. 800-848-9222. Beam me up! To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. There is an absolutely fascinating case out of New Jersey that I think the courts actually made the right decision in, but I feel bad about it nonetheless. But as we all know, court decisions aren't based on my feelings. They're based on the law. Here's what happened. The New Jersey Supreme Court has ruled that a Catholic school did not illegally discriminate against a pregnant, unwed teacher by firing her, citing a carve-out in the state's anti-discrimination statute that allows religious organizations to enforce their own teachings. So understand what happened here. There was a Catholic school teacher who was pregnant and not married. She was fired for being pregnant. Very specifically, the New Jersey anti-discrimination law says you cannot be fired for being pregnant. The exception being for religious reasons. And obviously the Catholic Church does not allow premarital sex. So obviously, unless you're the Virgin Mary, you can't be pregnant without marriage. And the court stated that the school and the Archdiocese of Newark were well within their rights to require employees to abide by Catholic law, including abstaining from premarital sex as a condition of employment. And this is the legal aspect why I think the court is on very strong ground. The teacher had actually signed a document acknowledging that she understood and accepted the school's code of ethics, which did include the prohibition against premarital sex. Now, premarital sex happens, and I think it's incredibly common. So I do feel bad for this woman, but I think legally the court is absolutely on solid ground here in respecting the religious rights of the Catholic Church and the Archdiocese of Newark to actually have employees that live by the protocols that they're preaching. And look, she signed an agreement guaranteeing that she would, and she failed to live up to it. So I feel bad for this woman, but legally, I I don't think there's much that can be done. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
Is it me or does it always seem like we are on the brink of a major crisis when it comes to New York City public schools? Less than a month before the first day of class, the New York City schools chancellor, David Banks, says the city is staring down the possibility of a school bus strike. Here was the schools chancellor. We do have some immediate concerns. Um, uh, we're, we're currently negotiating with the uh, ATU around around uh, buses and uh, there's some real concerns around uh, a potential bus strike, which might in fact affect thousands of kids. He broke the news during a meeting of the Chancellor's Parent Advisory Council. This comes as the Amalgamated Transit Union is in negotiations with several private companies and one nonprofit owned by the city that provide bus service to public school students. The union didn't respond to a request for comment from Spectrum News New York One, but a recent newsletter posted online earlier this summer said they were fighting to gain back wages and benefits that had been lost and that were Workers for at least four companies had voted to authorize a strike. School buses serve some of the city's most vulnerable students, people with disabilities who are entitled to pick up at home, students in homeless shelters or foster care, and younger students through grade six who live a certain distance from their schools. I am very pro-labor and I see how hard these school bus drivers work, so I'd love to see them. I don't know the details of what they're asking for, but it doesn't seem like it's out of line with what uh, they deserve here. And there's already a big school bus driver shortage all over the country. So I'm hoping that they're able to get this straightened out within the next month so that there's no school bus strike because this could be a disaster, not only for the school bus drivers and for parents and children, but for the city as a whole. This is something that could bring the city to maybe not a grinding halt, but a massive slowdown. Hopefully they can work things out. Beam me up! To be continued.